presented by Amazon. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogan Munavalin. It's Friday, and we got your post-game report on Katanji Brown-Jackson's confirmation. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. In a history-making vote on Thursday afternoon, the Senate confirmed Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court. There, she'll be the first black woman in history to serve as a justice. Immediately after Vice President Kamala Harris called the 53-47 vote, Senate Democrats, and notably Utah Republican Mitt Romney, gave a standing ovation while most Senate Republicans sulked from the chamber floor. Robert Barnes from the Washington Post has the 30,000-foot view. Quote, White men for the first time will no longer make up a majority on the court. The oldest and longest-serving justice is Black. Women will be as close to parity as is possible on a nine-member bench. And in a government where the president is 79 and the Speaker of the House is 82, the average age of a justice will be 61. Jackson's presence will go a long way toward President Biden's stated goal of a court that looks more like America, but it won't impact for now, one that is ideologically stacked for conservatives, caught in a political crossfire as intense as any before, and facing a host of issues. Legal scholars told Politico's Bracton Booker that Jackson could have an impact even in the minority. Quote, the first thing to keep an eye on is her dissents. Even if she doesn't sway the ultimate decisions rendered by the court, Jackson can convey her point of view in dissents that may have greater influence in future cases or with other branches. Politico's Marianne Levine and Burgess Everett have a story up in today's playbook that has everything you need to know about how Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from nomination to confirmation in six weeks. The big takeaway, Schumer had a need for speed even before Jackson was the official pick. Quote, during the selection process, Schumer even suggested to White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain that Jackson would be the best option to get confirmed over the other names on Biden's shortlist, according to a source familiar with the conversation. Schumer recalled in an interview, quote, We called Biden early on and said, We've got to get to a nominee quickly. The longer we wait, the tougher it's going to be. The idea of a lightning-quick confirmation didn't sit well with everyone in the caucus. But when you have 50 senators, you can't delay. A lot of people wanted to delay until June, until Breyer was actually stepping down. That was never an option for Schumer. Confirming her to the Supreme Court was at the very top of the list of his achievements with Biden, a pinnacle of his decades-long work to diversify the bench. Senator Raphael Warnock announced that he tested positive for the coronavirus on Thursday evening. Hours earlier, he was in the Senate chamber for Jackson's confirmation and was seen having a brief interaction with Vice President Kamala Harris. Earlier in the day, Senator Susan Collins also announced that she tested positive. Notably, she was one of the only senators in the chamber wearing a mask during the confirmation vote. Politico's Holly Otterbein writes in from Pennsylvania. A super PAC backing Democrat Connor Lane for Senate went on the air this week with an attack against his primary opponent, John Fetterman, that turned heads in Washington. The TV ad tagged Fetterman as, quote, a self-described democratic socialist. The only problem? The group had no evidence Fetterman has ever called himself that. We've learned that the super PAC rewrote its spot after the Fetterman legal team complained that it was a lie. Now the ad says that Fetterman, quote, sought the Democratic Socialist's endorsement instead. The fact check on that one, true. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 9.45 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the president's daily brief at 12.15. Biden, the vice president, and Ketanji Brown-Jackson will deliver remarks on Jackson's confirmation on the South Lawn. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 2 p.m. The Senate and the House are out today. All right, one last thing before we get out of here. On this week's episode of Playbook Deep Dive, Playbook's Ryan Lizza chats with Representative Rokana about what went wrong trying to pass President Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan and what he thinks progressive's influence on Biden has been so far. What's your 
big explanation for what happened. We why did, should why have did, compromised with Manchin earlier. I mean, in retrospect, I, I'm still talking to him. I'm still hoping. No, we I want to get into that. But, but, <laughs> what, but how did it all fall apart? I think the president's numbers turned after Afghanistan. Look when they started to pull back. And there was a expectation that, a false expectation that they could just roll Manchin uh, and Santa and they'd get in line. I think it was based on the fact that everyone was unified after the American Rescue Plan. Check out Playbook Deep Dive wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike Zappler. The deputy editor is Zach Stanton. Our executive producer and head of audio here at Politico is Jenny Ament. I'm Rogu Have a good weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. The federal minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 an hour since 2009. In the same time, food and beverage costs have increased 18 percent, transportation costs up 16 percent, housing costs up 23 percent, and medical costs up 32 percent. In 2018, Amazon introduced a starting wage of at least $15 an hour for all U.S. employees. A new, independent study found that Amazon's wage increase produced a 2.6% increase in the average hourly wage among other employers in the same market. Learn more at aboutamazon.com slash 15.